Well, my follow-up question is, do you think anyone will eventually discover our top secret lab in the basement where we create bionic superpower teenagers? I hope not. Hey everybody, welcome to Super Sci-Fi Party, the only podcast where we talk exclusively about fun science fiction, movies, TV shows, and more. No post-apocalyptic downer sci-fi allowed. My name is Todd Kay, and with me as always is my cool, common, collected, cybernetic co-host and brother Scott Kay. How are you doing today, Scott? Doing well. It's unusually warm on this fall day, but that's kind of nice. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to complain. We get some pretty harsh winters here in Michigan, and if it's giving us a reprieve, we're going to take it and be grateful. So it would be irresponsible of us not to talk about the big election we've just been through, so let's do it. Scott, when we elected to order pizza last Friday, do you think we should have elected to have them cook the breadsticks well done just like the pizza? I think we should have gone with just regular done. They they do tend to overdo it on the breadsticks. Yeah, those breadsticks get extra, extra, extra crispy, which I think might be one step too far. One too many extras. Yep. I think the uh, toppings insulate the bread normally on a pizza where it doesn't have that on the breadsticks. And that was our election coverage. Scott, as everyone knows, you and I are young, wig, lit, fire, dope, Gucci, sick, goat, teen sensations. So today we're diving into a fun sci-fi show for young people. And nothing screams young and hip like using the phrase young people. Today we're talking about Lab Rats. Yay! Lab Rats was a science fiction sitcom that aired 89 episodes between 2012 and 2016. Lab Rats was created by It's a Laugh Productions and aired on Disney XD, which is a Disney television channel targeted towards older children. I believe this is our first foray into Disney on Super Sci-Fi Party, and I have to admit, for an adult with no children, I watch an abnormal amount of Disney Channel. <laughs> yes. I can't help but love a TV <laughs> channel where every other commercial is not for some prescription drug that is going to give you worse side effects than the condition it's trying to treat. Disney also has zero political commercials, which has been a nice refuge from the rest of the media lately. I love me some Disney Channel. Everything's happy and cheerful and bright. Yeah, that's very true, and they, they tend to end happy. Everything has a happy ending. Anyhow, Lab Rats was created by Chris Peterson and Brian Moore, who both worked on That 70s Show. Huh. I don't know that I see a lot of correlation between That 70s Show and Lab Rats. No, uh, I was not expecting to hear that. But I guess they have a little bit of range. Huh. Lab Rats starred Billy Unger as Chase... Spencer Boldman as Adam, Tyrell Jackson-Williams as Leo, Hal Sparks as Davenport, and Kelly Berglund as Bree. Uh, you might know Kelly from having played Barry Goldberg's girlfriend, Wren, on the Goldbergs. Or rather, she was the original Wren. What is it with the Goldbergs replacing <laughs> characters with new actors? Maybe they did it in real life, and now they're doing it here, too. It seems like... Every time someone from the main cast of Goldberg's has a significant other, the actor or actress gets replaced. 
sooner yeah. or later. No, except for what's her face, Erica's boyfriend. I think he's been the longest running that hasn't been swapped out. You wouldn't think that actors would be trying really hard to get off a primetime television show on a major network. Uh, so much work and money and fame. Fame. Ugh. Damn, the work, money, and fame. <laughs> Lab Rats is the story of 14-year-old Leo, whose mom marries billionaire tech mogul and inventor Donald Davenport. Leo and his mom move into Davenport's colossal mansion, which Leo discovers contains a top-secret underground laboratory. Ooh. Leo finds out that Davenport has created three bionic superhero teenagers. Bree, who has super speed, Adam, who has super strength, and Chase, who has super intelligence. The three siblings have never been out of the lab, so the story chronicles the siblings' misadventures in learning to adjust to the outside world and their struggle to become the heroes they were created to be. The two Lab Rats episodes we're talking about today are Season 1, Episode 4, Leo's Jam, and Season 1, Episode 5, Rats on a Train. I did a little research, and indeed, Rats on a Train is supposed to be a takeoff of the movie Snakes on a Plane. Aren't you glad that I got that the first time and we didn't have to go back and record it after I said Snakes on a Train? Yes, it was awesome. Although, you know, having rats on a train or plane might invite the snakes in. The magic of editing. Before we get into the episode, Scott, what are your general impressions of Lab Rats? Uh, in general, I really enjoy Lab Rats. Kind of wish it would have happened to me as a kid. I want to be bionic. That would have been awesome. Well, my follow-up question is, do you think anyone will eventually discover our top secret lab in the basement where we create bionic superpower teenagers? I hope not. That would be a drag, trying to explain that to the police. I mean, it's bad enough having the dog bark at them all the time. But In our first episode... Non-bionic Leo has a crush on an upperclassman girl at school, and he wants to ask her to the big school dance. At first, Leo tries the direct approach. Oh, and that alert indicates that this is one of my three top fun moments for this episode's topic. I really loved Leo's totally confident approach to asking out his older crush. He goes up to the girl and says, Do you know how much a polar bear weighs? Enough to break the ice. And then he takes a seat next to her. It totally doesn't work, but I really appreciate his humor and self-confidence. Have you ever used a pickup line on a lady before, Scott? Oh, I probably have, but I don't remember any offhand. And by the way, this is also one of my top favorite moments. Excellent. We both chose this independently. I mean, anytime you have a pickup line like that, it's awesome. So why did you choose this as one of your top fun moments, Scott? Just because, I mean, anytime you're you're dealing with a cheesy pickup line, it's awesome. I totally agree. And in that spirit, here's a quick list of top 10 sci-fi pickup lines. Number one, according to the second law of thermodynamics, you're supposed to share your hotness with me. Number two, even if there were no gravity on Earth, I'd still fall for you. Number three, if I were the doctor, would you be my companion? Doctor Who reference. Number four, is this the Matrix? Because I think you're the one. <laughs> Number five, I was lost in space until I saw you. Oh. Number six, 
You've been looking for love in Alderaan places. <laughs> Number seven. I must be a breakdancing robot because you really turned me on. Beep, love. Number eight. Your planet or mine? <laughs> nice. Straightforward there. Number nine. Did you set your looks to stunning? Captain Kirk's favorite pickup line. And number 10, is that a lightsaber in your robe, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Sci-fi pickup lines. <laughs> Gotta remember some of those. So getting back to Lab Rats, Leo strikes out, taking the direct approach to asking his crush Danielle to the school dance. So he enlists his super-powered stepbrothers to help him. First, super-strong Adam convinces Leo that the way to win Danielle's heart is to stage a situation in which Leo can be the big hero. Adam pulls some of the school lockers down on top of himself and waits for Leo to come and, quote, save him. This is number two of my top fun moments of the week. Adam, who is super strong and somewhat invincible, is laying underneath a large bank of school lockers, and his fellow students keep running up to attempt to save him, but he keeps shooing them away because he's waiting for Leo to save him. Of course. I just thought it was hilarious. As you can see the shocked looks on their faces. They all come running up with great concern to try to lift the giant lockers off. And he's like, no, no, <laughs> go away. Yeah, that was a great moment. Leo eventually turns up and Adam uses his super strength to help fake being saved by Leo. Unfortunately, this leads Danielle to become interested in Adam, not Leo. And it turns out Danielle asks Adam to the dance. <laughs> In a secondary storyline, Bree wants to ask her crush Ethan to the dance, but every time she tries to talk to him, the super speed kicks in and she goes running away. Meanwhile, Chase talks to Danielle and tells her she is creating conflict between Leo and Adam. This backfires again since Danielle said she would go to the dance with Chase instead. I'm starting to wonder about this Danielle girl. She'll go to the dance with anyone but Leo. Well, Leo is like three years younger than her. That's true. And in that age, it seemed to matter. That's true. Whereas now we are perfectly happy to date someone 10 years younger. Yes, please. 15, 20, 25. Stop me at some point. Never mind. <laughs> Chase tells Adam and Leo that Danielle is going to the dance with him. Since we've been working on this episode, I've been trying to remember if I ever actually had fun at a school dance myself, but I'm not sure. How about you, Scott? I don't know. Man. School dances, that age, everything was just kind of awkward. Seems like I had a fun at a few, but I don't have any positive examples of it. Uh... Well, I was thinking about the time where I got stood up for homecoming or the time I didn't go to my senior prom or that time I convinced my upperclassman crush to slow dance with me, even though she was wearing a cast on her broken foot. And then I stepped on her cast. Oh, oh wait, this is supposed to be a fun sci-fi podcast. Sorry, got sidetracked. Well, Leo on Lab Rats was also not having fun because his stepbrother is taking his crush to the dance. But as we know, Leo's step-siblings grew up in a top-secret lab and have never been to a dance before. Leo takes advantage of this by teaching Chase really awful dance moves 
under the guise that people will think they are really cool. You should have just taught him the lawnmower. The lawnmower is my go-to, and it works every time. See, I'm not even cool enough to know the lawnmower. I, I know the action of it, but no. At the dance, Bree and Ethan talk, although Bree tries to run away. Ethan asks to dance with Bree, but she super speeds, spins him around way too fast while dancing. Ethan asks why Bree's acting like this, and they both reveal they like each other. Aww. It's kind of interesting that no one noticed she was doing super speed tornadoes around the dance floor. <laughs> maybe the idea was that she was going so fast that they couldn't see. Yeah, maybe. Very noticeable on TV anyways. Very much. Now, if you were there in person, I don't know if you would have noticed it. But Meanwhile, Chase does the refrigerator dance that Leo taught him, but it creeps out Danielle and he gets humiliated in front of everyone. So his supersonic sibling, Adam, then takes Danielle out on the floor for a dance, but his super strength goes crazy and he accidentally throws her into the ceiling. When Adam catches her, when she falls back down, she leaves him as well. Seems fair. After Danielle dumps both of them, Leo comes out and does an impressive dance number. Oh, and that sound effect indicates this is one of Scott's top fun moments of the week. Yeah, at that point, pretty much the whole dance kind of pauses. There's some noise or ruckus at the door, I believe. And then the doors burst open and Leo comes in with his dance crew. And they just do a, a fun little dance to get everyone's attention. And I believe the dance crew ends up being his aunt's, what is it, his aunt's card club or book club? No, his aunt's book club, I think. Yes. They're sexy dancers in shiny silver outfits. And they're adults, of course. And Leo is a kid, 14-year-old. But he says, oh, an extra thanks to my aunt's <laughs> book club. Did it remind you a little bit of the scene in Better Off Dead? Exactly. Yeah, I can't remember. What's the character's name? Ricky. When Ricky comes busting through and there's smoke and he's actually a cool guy for a few seconds before he collapses. Ah. That's all we really want out of life is to be a really cool guy for a few seconds before we collapse. That's what I want. Hopefully people will remember that coolness. Yeah. Well, after Danielle sees this impressive performance by Leo, Danielle then asks Leo to dance with her, which he accepts. Halfway through his dance with Danielle, Leo feels sorry for his stepbrothers who grew up in a lab and are having a bad time at their very first school event. So he leaves Danielle and goes over to cheer them up. That's pretty much the end of the episode. What did you think about this episode, Scott? Uh, it was a fun episode. Um, it's always fun watching people try to navigate like school dances and having bionic superpowers in the mix just adds to it. I think Lab Rats is interesting from a sci-fi perspective because the heroes, all, all three of the teenagers that have superpowers got them through bionics and electronics. There's not any kind of mythology where they saw a lightning bolt at midnight on the full moon or something, or somebody found a cursed artifact that turned them whatever. It's actually all technology and their adopted father works on them in the lab and he actually upgrades them sometimes and gives them, he can run different programs through them and they sleep in giant vertical test tube things. <laughs> it's very, very sci-fi and I'm very surprised that it's on, that it was on the Disney channel. 
you don't see a whole lot of sci-fi on Disney. Maybe a little bit. I know they had the one like a year or two ago with the two girls that were time travelers. Yes. Whenever, whatever, Best something friends, like that. friends, whenever, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. But you don't, by and large, you don't see a whole lot of sci-fi on Disney Channel. I guess zombies would technically be, well, it's a sci-fi fantasy crossover. The TV movie, Disney TV movie, Zombies. Yeah. Because the zombies were a plague and they're controlled by science. But then in Zombies 2, they added werewolves, which were magic, thus fantasy and not sci-fi. And then they're doing, because of COVID-19, they're not really shooting anything else right now, but they, so they've done a little flash animation thing. That's kind of the continuation of zombies. So they just had to do voiceovers from their houses. Cool. And in that one, it appears that they're going to bring in vampires, <laughs> which is strange because at the end of zombies, they were implying aliens. That's so, true. I don't know if they're saving that for the next live action version. Huh. See, I can go down a Disney rabbit hole, a Disney sci-fi rabbit hole. Oh, but wait, what's our favorite Disney sci-fi movie? Uh, we just saw it for the first time this summer, and it involved computers and tennis shoes. <laughs> the computer wore tennis shoes? The computer wore tennis shoes. Ooh. The original. Not There was a remake that had, I think, Jason Bateman in it. Uh, Mike, Mike Cameron. No, the kid who played Mike C. Kirk Cameron. Yes. They had Kirk Cameron in it. That's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about the original from, I think, 1967, something like that. With a Kurt Russell. Yeah. With a young high school age, Kurt Russell. It's called. The computer wore tennis shoes. The computer wore tennis shoes. Check it out. You can uh, see it on Disney plus right now. Also, you can see Lab Rats on Disney Plus as well as Zombies. Pretty much, that's the great thing about Disney Plus. If you want to see a Disney flick, it is there. Or a Disney show, you can find it. Even some of the very, very new stuff. And of course, the new season of Mandalorian has started. Everybody's watching that. Including us. That's right. Although I don't know that it's fun enough to be covered here, but maybe... On Lab Rats, there were three super-powered siblings. One of them has super speed, one has super strength, and the third has super intelligence slash technopath powers, meaning he can interface with technology and control it to do things. If you could choose one of these powers, which would you choose and why? Hmm. See, you think the natural choice for me, since a day job is an IT guy, I'd want the technopath powers, but... I would actually learn to lean towards the uh, super strength. And what would you do with the super strength? Smash stuff. Uh, <laughs> smash stuff. Scott, smash. Smash. I think I would have to go with super speed. Nice. Now, that might just be because I'm large and slow in real life, and the <laughs> idea of going super fast seems beyond anything I could ever hope for, but uh, think of the tips I could make being an Uber Eats delivery person. Delivering them their icy cold treats because you move so fast. But wouldn't they heat up due to the friction? Mm. Oh. Ooh, paradox. Think how many I could deliver in an hour. <laughs> I could do one hour's worth of delivery and be done for the whole week, have enough income. Nice. So I'm going to have to go with super speed on that one. Mm, I might have to rethink. Because Lab Rats episodes are only around 20 to 24 minutes long, 
We're actually going to discuss a second episode today, which is season one, episode five, Rats on a Train. The gang is hiding out in the lab when suddenly Mr. Davenport receives notice that his high-tech super train is speeding out of control. The super siblings convince him that it is time for their first superhero mission. It's interesting that it took that many episodes before they actually got to become heroes. I wonder if they had to save money for the special effects. <laughs> that could be. I also think they, they really hooked into the storyline of what it would be like to have been essentially built in a lab and then, or lived in a lab your whole life and then have to go to school and interact with other kids your age. I mean, it is Disney after all. Yeah, it is at its heart, the fish out of water tale, but... That nails it right on the head. These fish can just save the world, that's all. But it's interesting that they kind of, the whole concept was superheroes that, that live with a kid that's normal, and quote unquote normal, and they weren't superheroes all the way until episode, episode five. I just found it interesting. What I found interesting is the basic premise that this guy goes out, meets this woman and his kid. They date, they get to the point of getting married, and he still hasn't mentioned anything about having a, you know, teenage kids in a secret lab under the house. And he <laughs> yeah. just thought he was going to keep that a secret forever. I Surprise, guess, so. honey. <laughs> yeah, that, that awesome. wouldn't float in the real world, <laughs> I have a feeling. Oh, by the way, honey. I'm glad you married me and you and your son moved in. Oh, and I've been keeping teenagers in tube cages in the basement. <laughs> but in a fun way, not a creepy way. Yeah, but in a totally fun, heroic way. We're going to save the world because I bionically enhanced them. The technology. <laughs> the only sound you would hear would be her grabbing her son and the door slamming behind them. As she sped away into the night and called the FBI. But thankfully that didn't happen. Well, that's why we love the Disney Channel, because things like that aren't going to occur. <laughs> so there is a super train speeding out of control, and the three superpowered siblings are on their way to do something about it. And Leo, their stepbrother, who has no superpowers, is feeling left out because he doesn't have bionic superpowers. So he decides he's going to sneak his way along on the mission. Unfortunately, the bag Leo tries to zip himself into to sneak on the mission is too tight because it contains uber high-tech equipment the team is supposed to use to stop the super train. Leo doesn't know this and ditches the equipment so he can secretly zip himself into the equipment bag. <laughs> in the B storyline, Leo's mom, who is normally a special interest reporter, finally gets a chance to report some hard news by covering the out-of-control Super Train story. When the Super Siblings, plus Leo secretly, arrive at the out-of-control train, they soon discover that Leo has dumped the high-tech train-stopping equipment they need. All of a sudden, Bree can be seen with her phone. Oh, that sound effect means this is the last of my three top fun moments for this episode. My final top fun moment from our Lab Rats episodes is when Bree, who is literally in a life or death time-dependent situation, takes out her phone and posts to social media saying Bree is facing an uncertain future. <laughs> I could totally see a teenager doing this today. How about you, Scott? I could totally see me doing that today. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you ever made a social media post at an inappropriate time? Mm, sadly, no. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure I have. Just nothing springs to mind off the top of my head. There was that one selfie at the funeral, but you that's, know, that, no. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't remember doing anything terrible, but I probably have. Or when you're supposed to be paying attention, you go to visit your loved ones and might just squeeze in a little, a little Facebook <laughs> time or whatever, Instagram. I just found it hilarious and very true to life that Brie would take out her phone and make a post as the as she's on the speeding train that is going to crash into the town <laughs> and explode and kill them and tons of people. I could see a teenager doing that. That's kind of what the differentiator between a teenage superhero and an adult superhero. Twitter? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, as someone who doesn't have an overly exciting life, especially this past year, I mean, I could understand, you know, like, oh my gosh, something fun's happening. I better better post it on social media. You're saying our life during the quarantine hasn't been exciting? I'm saying my life hasn't. I don't know about yours. Well, you should because we've been trapped <laughs> together like rats 24 hours a day for months and months and months. On a train? Yeah. yeah. No. Ooh. I wish it was on a train. Bad dad joke. Trains go places. <laughs> Touche. Getting back to our Lab Rats episode. Leo's mom is racing to catch the out of control super train so she can report on the story. She hops out and starts filming an update. But then she suddenly realizes she missed the speeding train. Oh, and that sound effect means that uh, this is one of Scott's top fun moments from our episode. Yep, it was just, I don't know, something about it was just incredibly fun to me that she started the story out, the train went by so fast it knocked down the camera the first time, and somehow she and her cameraman managed to get ahead of the train to the next stop, even though this train is supposedly going 400 miles per hour. And then they get all set up, and then the train zips by on the opposite track. The track's just behind them, just vroom, zips right on by and totally missed it again. Yeah, we, we were watching the episode. We both commented, how did they catch up to the train? <laughs> and then they see it go by. You're like, okay, they didn't really. I mean, they shouldn't have been able to catch up even that much. No. 400 miles an hour is uh, incredibly fast. I'm thinking, what's the fastest I've ever been in a motor vehicle, which I was not driving, is back when I was about 16, and my cousin in his old muscle car, we were on I-75 near Flint, Michigan, and he got it up to about, I think, 136, somewhere in there, <laughs> and it felt like we were moving through time. <laughs> It felt like we had just hit the hyperdrive and the Millennium Falcon, and everything was just zooming by. I can't imagine what 400 miles an hour feels like. Oof. Back inside the super train, Leo's extensive knowledge of cartoons comes in handy when he comes up with a cartoon-inspired solution to stopping the train. Adam, Chase, Bree, and Leo all work together to use indestructible ropes tied to a bridge to stop the train. At the end of the episode, Leo's mom finally reaches the train, goes inside to do an interview, and finds only Leo standing inside. So she interviews him and then grounds him. <laughs> That's totally something a mom would do. She has a job that she needs to do by being a reporter and getting her interview, but at the same time, a parent's a parent and a mom's a mom, 
and you knew he was going to get grounded. And that's more or less the end of the episode. That ties it up right there. Yep. Now the fun part about the interview is that she pretends not to know him. <laughs> Who is this boy that looks like me and is my son and has my same last name? And is being grounded by me right now. I really like this episode. Uh, I kind of think I like the one about the school dance just a little bit more because I can relate to it just a little bit more, but it was fun to see the very first episode where the Lab Rats kids actually get to go out and start being superheroes. This show started in 2012, which puts it where in relation to the Avengers? It actually happens just before the first Avengers movie. I believe this episode was around March, March 12th, I think, of 2012, and Avengers came out in May of 2012. Which means Iron Man must have already been, already been out, and... Thor, the first one. And the Hulk actually started them all out. The Incredible Hulk, sorry. So Disney was kind of just probably trying to cash in a little bit on the superhero craze that was just getting kicked off. It's really incredible to think how long the superhero craze has lasted. I mean, we're sitting in 2020, and the last movie came out, was it 2019 or 2020? Mm, I want to say 2019. I mean, we just wrapped up the first round of Avengers. I forget if they're calling it Saga or Era. Phase. Phase. Oh, that's right. They're doing like Phase 1, Phase 2. And, I mean, it's been going for over a decade that superheroes have taken over everything. I remember there used to be the occasional show or movie that would come out here or there, but it wasn't an all-consuming entertainment juggernaut that infiltrated every part of the entertainment industry like it has been for the last 10 years. That's true. It has kind of hit uh, a bit into comedy with the likes of like Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's hitting sci-fi, obviously, with Iron Man, fantasy and magic when you get into Doctor Strange. I mean, it's hitting them all. And it's not slowing down at all because they're coming out with new Marvel TV shows. I know there's going to be one with Vision and Wanda, and I think there's another one that is going to be centered around Black Widow. Yep. And more movies are going to come out. It just it's it's not really slowing down because if the cash keeps coming in, the content's going to keep coming out. Anyhow, we never talk about a subject here on Super Sci-Fi Party without talking about the music. Woo! And you definitely can't talk about Lab Rats without talking about the amazing Lab Rats theme music that was written by, and I am going to slaughter these names, Niklas Molinder, Joachim Person, and Johan Axen. Okay. Yeah. Really? Person? (laughs) It actually is the last name. I can see it on the script. (laughs) So the the last names are M-O-L-I-N-D-E-R. I think it's Molinder. Uh, P-E-R-S-S-O-N, Pearson, and A-L-K-E-N-A-S. Apparently the three of them wrote the Lab Rats theme music. And this is one of the first times I remember hearing electronic dance music in a television theme song. It's thumping. It's very thumping. And I think it's just perfect for the show. It was modern, memorable, and quite different from the other theme songs on Disney at the time. Actually, I'm trying to think of another TV show that has a thumping EDM music theme song period, Disney or not. Nothing's coming to mind. I'm afraid not. So if you're going out, you're going to check out Lab Rats. 
definitely take don't skip the intro because you're going to want to hear the music it is great it's really really great the show composer for lab rats was ben uh, wow another one bert Selind. s celine Selind. b-e-r-t-s-e-l-e-n yeah i'd go with Selin. <laughs> He is a five-time BMI TV and Film Award winner for his work on several top-grossing primetime and cable television shows in the U.S. His scoring work includes the primetime internationally syndicated TV show Rules of Engagement, which you used to watch. Yes. Limited series Fast Lane. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Mm-mm. Raven's Home, which is a Disney show. KC Undercover, another Disney show. Lab Rats. Of course, Disney. Lab Rats Elite Force, which we will probably talk about at some other time, which is kind of a follow-up to Lab Rats. And Mystery Girls, which apparently was on ABC <laughs> Family. Mm. I don't know what Mystery Girls is, but it sounds kind of interesting. Speaking of other channels, at that time, Lab Rats would have been up against the likes of House, America's Next Top Model, how I Met Your Mother, and a little more appropriate, the ABC family had Pretty Little Liars, and I believe Nickelodeon had iCarly. I'd like to be against America's Top Model. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Gotta go back to those pickup lines. We are getting the one-liners in today. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us today on Super Sci-Fi Party. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of Lab Rats. And if you have anything to add to the discussion, please hit us up at party at com, which is our email, or hit us up on our socials. Uh, we have Twitter and YouTube, so you can always hit us up there. If you want to learn more about the show or more about us or listen to past episodes, you can head on over to our website, which is supersci-fiparty.com. There you can find out all the goodies and find other ways to contact us if you need to. you have anything else to say about Lab Rats or just life in general before we get going here, Scott? Oh, if you haven't checked out Lab Rats, check it out. It's fun. And keep living. Always good advice. Keep living. I would suggest that everybody out there follow that advice as closely as you can. This about wraps it up for Super Sci-Fi Party. So I am your host, Todd K, with my co-host, Scott K. And as Doc Brown said, the future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. See you, everybody. See ya.